Good morning. Good morning. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is good to be back. Uh, I've been on vacation for a while, and before that, I went to annual conference. Annual conference is where uh, we gather as uh, the Methodist Church in Missouri, uh, and my appointment, I'm glad to say, to the United Methodist Church called Cassidy has been secured for yet another year. So I get to hang out with you good people for another year. I'm excited about that. Uh, excited about the opportunities that, that, that gives us to continue building and growing this community to make a difference for Jesus Christ together. And I am excited to be back. I haven't preached in four weeks, so we got like four hours before lunch is ready. Get ready. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, oh, oh no, he's serious. Uh, not at all. Um, I, I, am, I am very excited, and today is a little bit different. Today we have uh, two different groups of folks, the first service and second service, along with visitors and those that are new, whether you're joining us online or in person. So I'm going to take a moment of personal privilege, and I'm going to say, hey, we've got people in here that you probably don't know, uh, so we're going to do something that we don't normally do. Let's everybody stand up and look for somebody to your right, to your left, in front of you, or behind you that you don't know, or maybe that you, you haven't said hi, and say hi. Give them a high five, a greeting of some sort. You guys really want to visit. It's good. We're going to have a lot of time for this right after the service. For those of you that don't know, we're going to, we're going to have, if you are, are visiting here and you're like, man, what is going on in this place? Y'all can go ahead and have a seat when you get comfortable. Uh, if you're like, what is going on in this place? Today is our faith, family, and freedom or faith, family, and fun a Sunday. We're celebrating all that God is doing and all that God has called us to do. And we're celebrating the fact that we live in the United States of America and we're able uh, to celebrate our freedoms and our liberties and those types of things. The 4th of July is, uh, is a powerful thing. And like the video said, uh, it, it's a time of celebrating food, fun, family, and fireworks. Lots and lots of fireworks. I don't know if you know this. I found out this this week while I was doing research uh, on this message series. Uh, Missouri has more fun with fireworks on the 4th of July than any other state in the United States. We spend, get, get, get ready, we spend $123 million on fireworks. We like to blow stuff up. We are very patriotic when it comes to exploding things. What gets me is that the second closest state is $100 million less than what we spend. Like, we really, really have fun with fireworks. Uh, I, I, I enjoy having a good time. I enjoy the 4th of July. I enjoy all of that. I do take seriously the idea that, that we are here for more than just celebrating but with backyard barbecues, that we owe a, a debt of, of thanks to our founding fathers who, who stood up to oppression and said, hey, we're going to do something different, that we have some work yet to do as a nation to, to be more uh, more like Jesus is my hope, that we could be transformed as a nation to be more like Jesus. Uh, but sometimes I struggle with the, the way that we as the church behave. If you ask someone, anyone, 
today outside of this group of people, because y'all are all going to have the answer spoiled for you, if you ask them, hey, what's the most fun you've ever had? Or what do you do for fun? Or how do you have fun? I can guarantee you that most people are not going to answer, I go to church, right? Church is not where most people think, oh, that's, you know what I'm going to do for fun? Not vacation, I'm going to go to church. Uh, For me, I'm weird. I think that way because I think there's so much cool stuff that Jesus does, but it wasn't always that way. You see, before I was Christian, I thought the church was just a bunch of rules and regulations. Maybe you you have felt that way in the past, that actually the rules and regulations were there to keep us from having fun. That, that, that uh, I want to have fun, but there are too many rules and regulations that that Jesus guy imposes on people, and, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, the older I get, the more I, I see uh, adults and senior adults think that it's, it needs to be more solemn and stoic. We need to have a, an air of propriety when we go into the church. And, and I think Jesus has something different in mind for us, but I don't think we do a very good job because some of the most unpleasant, unfun, unhappy people I know are church people. And that's rough because that shouldn't be how we should behave. That shouldn't be our, our default. That shouldn't be where we start from. Our default should be more about fun, more about having a good time, more about enjoying and embracing the life that Jesus has given us rather than sitting back and being bitter about all the things that are going on outside of our lives, outside of our world. I, 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 uh, I, when I was in seminary, I, had an, I was planning to be a pastor. Uh, I had felt the call. I had started my seminary career. Uh, and in the Methodist church, what you do is you go to this group. There, there's lots and lots of different groups of, of people that you have to sit down and interview with. They want to make sure you're not as crazy as they think you are. Uh, and so, so they sit you down and you answer all these questions. Well, one of the times that I was at one of these meetings, uh, the district superintendent who works for the bishop, the way that it's laid out in Missouri, for those of you who didn't grow up Methodist, uh, is that the district superintendents are on the cabinet and the cabinet assigns pastors to different churches. Like I just said, I'm appointed here. Uh, I wasn't appointed anywhere. I was just going to seminary. I was a lay person that was just getting a higher education. And he said to me, hey, Steve, uh, would you ever consider taking a little church? And I was like, I'd consider it, sure. Uh, I didn't realize at the time that when a district superintendent asks that, he has a church in mind for you, and he's already planning on where he's going to put you. So two months later, he calls, and he's like, hey, you remember that church I, I just happened to bring up? Oddly enough, we have a church available. We would like to have you go there. Now, at that point, I was invited, right? I wasn't, I wasn't in the process. I, I, I wasn't uh, a part of... Uh, the appointment process, so they couldn't tell me that I had to go there, but they asked. And I was like, well, I don't know, because I was in school full-time. I was a single dad full-time. I had a full-time job. That's three full-times. I don't know if you're figuring this out, but adding a part-time church position, which really means full-time, that's four full-time. I was like, I don't know how I could do this. 
And my, my, uh, my son and I were sitting there, and the, the district superintendent has told us where this place is. And he was like, just drive by, <laughs> which is the kiss of death, right? So I, I was like, jump in, Alex, let's go. So we drove to this church, and, and uh, there were cars in the parking lot. So I was like, oh, look, something's going on. It's open. Let's go inside. And we opened the doors, the front doors, and off to the right, this will tell you uh, what was going on. There was jazzercise. There was a, there was a, and I didn't want to go that way because there's a bunch of people in jazzercise equipment and gear and doing jazzercise things. And I was like, this is an awkward way to say hi. I'm just wondering. So we went the other way, which was into the sanctuary. And it was beautiful. It seated about 90 people at max capacity. It was uh, just awesome. I walked in there and I was like, oh, oh my goodness. This is why the district superintendent told me to come out here. Because once you step in and you have the opportunity to share Jesus' love and joy in front of people and in any location, you're like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, and you're, I wasn't saying yes to the district superintendent. I was saying yes to Jesus. And so I said, yes, I'll do that. You know, in my head, and my son is like, this is small. We're walking around. I was like, hey, we got to start somewhere so we can do that. And it was at that moment in this, in this moment of sacrificing and saying yes to Jesus that the door was thrown open to the sanctuary, and a lady marched in, and her first words to me were, you don't belong here. <laughs> and I, I, I made some excuses. I was like, I'm sorry, because I couldn't tell her, hey, your pastor's leaving, and I'm going to come and take this location. I couldn't tell her that, so I was like, yeah, we were just driving by, and you know, I, I'm, I'm just here. The district superintendent recommended this place, you know, trying to get myself out of whatever trouble, and, and, and she never, never let that go. As a matter of fact, when I was reappointed, when I left that church, she told me that moment was the day that you killed my church. It was awful. She was so bitter and so angry. And, and here's the thing. I probably don't have the majority on stories of people that have been hurt and, and broken by other people in the church. Now, we are a group of broken people. We recognize, hey, we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And so we want to be more like him. We get that. But sometimes we let our bitterness be more evident than our Jesus. We let our brokenness be more visible than what we're supposed to be. And I struggle with this. I really do. You know why? Because I believe Jesus is fun. I believe Jesus is the coolest thing that has ever happened ever. And resurrection is what he promises me. And it's what I live for. And so I am so excited to be able to talk about Jesus. Uh, you guys don't even know. Like I, This is the number one topic of conversation for me. I love Jesus. And, and my hope is that we can find some fun in Jesus. Now, Maybe it's more than fun because the Bible doesn't, I don't know if you know this or not, if you do a search on the Bible uh, and you type in fun, you'll see funeral. <laughs> not, not fun. There's not a lot of words that mean fun in, in Greek and Hebrew. The Bible uses some, some different words that have some different meanings. It's a little bit more than just fun. Uh, the Bible uses in Hebrew, samach, and in Greek, Cairo. Uh, and and the, this word means rejoice, 
joy, jubilation, celebration, thrill. When we, when we look at the God of all creation, it's, it's a little bit more than a fun relationship. It's, it's a, a moment of rejoicing, a moment of jubilation. We don't even use these words. Celebration, thrill, and joy. It is what we should be all about. It's different than this humdrum, I've got to just do what I've got to do to get by. The idea that, that we have a duty or a responsibility to come to church, that that's where we have to go for an hour so that we can do the rest of the things that we want to do when we're not at church. And, and, and rejoicing makes sense in that scenario. Uh, it, it makes sense to rejoice and have joy. We have rejoicing and joy over so many things right? This, this day we're celebrating. We have rejoicing and joy over our nation. When our kids are born, we have rejoicing and joy over the birth. When our kids do good things sometimes, we have rejoicing and joy over their accomplishments. We rejoice and have joy over our own accomplishments. If we're Chiefs fans, we celebrate, rejoice, and have joy over our sports team. Cardinals fans, not so much. Pain, it's painful to me. It's, 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 it's not, not joyful this year. What, what, if, what if we use that kind of emotion, that kind of heartfelt emotion for our faith? What, what if we embraced what the psalmists say? What if we lived into a faith of resurrection? What if we lived into a life that was freed from sin and death and, and, and heard the words like this out of Psalm uh, 92? It says, you thrill me. That's that, that samach. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. <laughs> we, we are a people liberated from death. I mean, that... that Let's take a minute and, and think about that. Like Jesus says, I'm going to set you free from sin and death. When I, when I come back for you, I'm going to take you to be where I am. And you are going to have life like you've never understood it. The purest of life. And, and, and we are, are this people. And my question is this, where is our joy? As followers of Jesus where is our joy? Do we have more joy for our sports team than we do for God? I mean, we should serve Jesus gladly. We should be, be lifted up on our faith so that we can share love and grace and hope, not so that we can judge people that cut us off when we're in traffic. I'm speaking to me now. Not so that we can get grumpy when the grocery store doesn't have the one item I need. Not so that we can judge others because of what they're doing or what they have done. Because I don't want anybody to judge me for those things. We should serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 100 says, we read it earlier, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Where's our gladness, church? Where are we on this spectrum? And maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, well, I'm pretty dang glad. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, spread it. 
Help us to be more glad. The overflow of our hearts should lead to a heartfelt service for others. We should be embracing this idea because it's not a have to. We don't have to serve others. We don't have to rejoice. We don't have to be happy. We get to. Why? Because we have set, been set free from brokenness. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows. That doesn't mean that we're going to be happy all the time. That means that we have a deeper thing than just happiness. We have joy. Joy, 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 joy. Down, right? Remember? I don't know if you remember that. I didn't even know that one until I was 25. I grew up outside the church. But it's a good, it's a good thought, the idea that we have joy in our heart. And it's from that joy that we can stand on our own in the presence of Jesus, that we can stand not on our own, but with the presence of God's Holy Spirit empowering us to live differently, to love differently, to, to serve God with singing. I mean, think about that. What if, what, what if we serve, not, not serve God in like whistle while you work singing. Uh, I mean, if you rejoiced in your heart for our ability to serve God, if, if everything we do is focused on Jesus, man, the world is going to be a different place. Just this group of people. Jesus had 12. We have way more than 12 in here. We could make such a difference for Jesus Christ. That's the whole idea behind our One initiative. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The idea behind One is truly, uh, it's a scoreboard. It's a scoreboard for us. We light up a light whenever we reach a goal to say, hey, we've taken a step in the building of God's kingdom. Don't grow weary listening to, to this, this story. Uh, don't grow weary listening to the, the conversation around it because, because it's so important. And we're doing so well. We're growing in building the kingdom. We're, we're having new ideas and new things that are coming out of this one initiative where people are making new steps in relationship with Jesus Christ. And that should be something that we are, are over the moon about. And so every light bulb that's lit is, a, is an indicator of what we're doing for Jesus, that we really are uh, making a step forward. We, truly, we gamified uh, Jesus' love, right? We said, okay, we're going to show uh, an achievement. An achievement is a light bulb every time. My son loves video games, but he doesn't like to play them like normal people. Well, maybe, maybe this is normal. I don't know. Uh, he goes and gets all the achievements. That's what he wants to do, 100% uh, accomplishment. And I'm like, okay, well, that's crazy. But I'm, I'm thinking that's a great idea for our one initiative. Let's do 100%. Let's do everything we can to build the kingdom. Now, I, I want to read the verse that kind of sparked this again with, in our minds, understanding that word samach, the idea of, of joy, of 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 celebration, of thrill, jubilation. Listen to these words. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Catch this. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Emphasis is mine. And then he goes home and he calls his friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to 
repent. Rejoice with me. I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon. I'm so excited. I am filled with joy because I am able to do what God has called me to do. I'm able to go into the world and make a difference for one, go into the world and share the love of Jesus with one. I'm able to go into the world and make a difference on behalf of Jesus. There should be joy and passion in our new life. We say that Jesus gives us new life. We have new life in Jesus Christ. Let's live like it. Let's love like it. Let's come alive in Christ for real, making a difference so powerful that it changes everything in the world around us. Now, if you're like me, you, you hear this and you're like, oh, well, it's hard for me to just pretend to be happy. I, I, I can't just be happy. Like, I, I, it takes something good has to go on for me to be happy. Now, joy is a little bit different. I can have joy even when things are not going my way. And so I, 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 when I was going through this message, I was thinking, what, what are ways that we can do this? How can I do this? And I can share that with y'all, and y'all can come up with your own ways, but the first and foremost is that we need to truly embrace the gift of Christ and the joy that comes from freedom. Freedom from sin and death, freedom from brokenness, freedom to new life, freedom to be the people that God wants us to be. And here's the one that is from me to you and to all of us is we need to turn loose of our expectations for others. If you track down what makes you upset, what makes you angry about other people, you're going to find almost 90% of the time, this is Steve's statistics, <laughs> so don't check them, <laughs> almost 90% of the time, it's expectations for others that frustrate. Uh, somebody should not get in my lane when I'm driving straight. They should stay in their lane and not come into my lane. That's my expectation. And it frustrates me. Why? Because they're not living up to my expectations. What's crazy about expectations is we hold people to a higher expectation than we want anybody to hold us. And so if we let go of our expectations, turn loose of some of the things that are controlling us, it'll allow us to not be so bitter and angry. Now, this doesn't mean that, that you're going to be able to just let, let your kids run wild, let your family do whatever they want. No, there, there is correction and corrective action that needs to take place. But it means that when it comes to others, especially those outside the church, we have no say. So what is our default? Love. So let's turn loose of those expectations. And then finally, let's do what the Bible tells us, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's make it a practice. Let's be serious and focus on this because it changes everything in the way that we relate to others. Because I don't want for you to have someone tell a story years later about how you said you don't belong here. I, I don't want me to have someone tell a story about how I made them feel less, how I made them feel broken, how I made them, instead of recognizing that they are a work in progress and God is doing a thing, how I made them hurt. Because I serve a God who says, you will be known by your love. <laughs> now, when I first became Christian, <laughs> I was unbearable. 
unbearable. Like, I know this. I, I look back on it, and I'm like, oh, gosh, Steve, come on. Back, back it down, like, 200%, and it would be great. Like, everything, everything was brand new. I was like a little kid. I was like, oh, light, oh, flowers, oh, God made those things. Oh, my gosh, it's so crazy. So everybody that I talked to, I wanted to share with them the, the gift that I'd been given, sometimes by force-feeding them when they wouldn't listen. That's not, let's not do that. Uh, and it was out of ignorance on my part. I didn't know how to share appropriately. Instead, I was oversharing with everybody. I was like, have you met Jesus? Oh my gosh, he's so great. And you know, I mean, and it was probably about that speed too. And I'm pretty sure that when people at work saw me coming down the hallway, they were like, oh no, here comes Steve. What can we do? What, what can we do? Uh, the thing was, it wasn't out of duty. It was out of joy. I was overwhelmed with a love that I had received and with a love that I was able to reciprocate to the God who created everything and said, I want you to be mine. I, I, I love you. I want, I want to do life with you. I want to share my gift of life with you. And I want to walk with you and make you more and more like me. And everything in that moment was joy. And I've been through some, some of the worst hurt that I have ever experienced, and I don't want anybody to go through that. But I had found new life and was able to find joy even in the darkness, even in the brokenness. And it's that joy that we need to kindle. It's that joy that we need to foster and grow. It's that joy that we need to share with others because this is the life that God has offered to us. Not a life of judgment and anger and frustration and, and just irritation. And I'm just talking about driving down the road in traffic. It's a life that is so much more. This is what God calls us to. Not less than, but more than. So that we can come alive in Him. So that we can celebrate all that God has called us to. So that we can do some cool stuff for Jesus. So in my estimation serving jesus is fun it's overwhelming it's joyful it's joy filled and my hope is that maybe we could take a step in that direction say you know what i'm going to embrace this I, I want that kind of life i want to live for jesus now and always i want to do something amazing for the king of all kings for the one who gave his life so that I might find life. Amen? Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift you give us in Jesus and the offer of life that you make for each and every one of us. Help us to embrace that joy. Help us to let go of our bitterness and our frustration. Help us to be open to the presence of your Holy Spirit and, and not be filled with judgment, but instead be filled with love. Help us to be transformed in your presence. Help us to make a difference. Help us to love and, and share love. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to represent you well. Help us to be more like Jesus. We ask this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.